Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Church, I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are starting a new series, which is Winning in Life. Winning in Life. And I think it's a really funny coincidence that we're starting this series today because this morning I was just telling Terry that our kids were pretty freaking crazy. <laughs> like if there was ever a day that uh, we would uh, not go to church, it would have been today because of how crazy our kids were. But, you know, we had to come and preach here and set up. So, uh, But it was just uh, funny because we did not feel like winners this morning. <laughs> but in this, in this series this month, we're going to be unpacking... Uh, some biblical principles on uh, what I think are are really applicable to our life in this world. Um, we're going to pull things from like even battles uh, it, that Israel faced. We're, we're going to kind of jump all over in Scripture and looking at aspects that we can learn, uh, uh, ideas of winning in life. And so today we're going to uh, be talking specifically about if you want it, take it. If you want it, Take it. And I want us to look at the scripture in Joshua chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. And it says, Then the sons of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given me only one lot and one portion as an inheritance, though I am numerous people whom the Lord has blessed up to this point? And Joshua said to them, if you are a numerous people, go up to the forest and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the Rephaim, since the hill country of Ephraim is too narrow for you. The sons of Joseph then said, the hill country is not enough for us, but all of the Canaanites who live in the valley land have iron chariots, both those who are in Bethshean and its towns, those and those who are in the valley of Jezreel. But Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, and saying, You are a numerous people and have great power. You shall not have one lot only, but the hill country shall be yours. For though it is a forest, you shall clear it. And to its farthest borders it shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, even though... They have iron chariots, and though they are strong. So starting off, we're going to be talking about this scripture. If you want it, take it. This is after Israel has really infiltrated the area of the Canaanites, and they're starting to, to divvy up the different allotments of land. And um, I realized that we didn't unlock that door uh, this morning. And so can you all make sure... Uh, uh, y'all can leave it open for today so that no one feels like we uh, locked him out of church. That'll be, that'll be a traumatizing experience. It's like, you made it just in time, but the doors are locked. <laughs> um, so, continuing on, um, we're going to start off talking about what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And I believe in this point of the story... This, this group, this tribe from Joseph, they have this point where they're looking around and they're asking, what are we doing here? 
And the first step towards winning is realizing that you want to win. The first step towards winning is realizing that you want to win. The people of this tribe had a moment of self-realization and they didn't feel like the lot that they were given in life matched their potential. They didn't feel like the lot that they were given in life. And they literally were casting lots. They would pray over, uh, imagine like a dice. And they were praying over this, this dice that had certain inscriptions on it. And they, were, uh, and they would just tell them yes or no. And they would pray over it and roll it. And they would take it as that was what God, uh, that was the way the dice landed was the way God wanted for us to dis- divvy up this, this land. And so they didn't feel satisfied with the lot that they were given in life. And it, they felt like it didn't match their potential. They felt like they could handle more and that they could do more. And I believe that there's certain moments in life when you realize that you are not satisfied with where you're at. That you're not satisfied with where you're at. And I want to be clear in saying that, that this is not just saying, uh, I'm not satisfied financially, I want to make a million dollars. I'm talking about like being fulfilled in your job. It's a lot different than what you get paid at your job. Y'all know what I'm saying? Uh, being being fulfilled or satisfied within uh, your marriage, being satisfied in your family, in your home, being satisfied with even your surroundings. You know, the, I, I remember the moments that we were living in uh, when we first moved here and living in this uh, 600 square foot apartment. And it's like, man, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at in life right now. And all of these different ideas of when we're not satisfied, we're looking around in our life and we're saying, what am I doing here? What am I really doing here? And in these moments, we become hungry for something greater and we start to ask questions about where we're at right now. Start asking these questions, wanting more, wondering why. And this is a really, really meaningful point in life to, to take a moment and understand you are in a moment of self-realization. And it is easy, it's really easy to be blinded by the desire for greater because it can be confusing finding out what it is you actually want to be better. It can be confusing finding out what you actually want to be better. And when thinking about this, you're asking yourself, I want you to ask yourself, are, are you wanting, what are you wanting to be better? Is it your career, your wealth, your health, your marriage, your family, or maybe some type of inner contentment, some inner happiness? What is it that you feel like you're not satisfied with? And I'm talking about big changes, real big changes. I'm not talking about the idea of buying a car to feel special for a couple months. A lot of times we get in this moment and we try to look for things that are distractions to make us feel better. So many people buy a new car and they feel like their whole life has changed for a couple months and then they get bored with it. And they realize that they're still unhappy. They're still not satisfied. And so we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about big changes. We're talking about really big and potentially life-altering changes. The changes that you make in this, this time will change the course of your life forever. And no matter what it is, I really believe that you need to be grounded in learning what it is you're wanting 
and making sure that it's not an illusion. Really making, uh, uh, really taking time and thinking about what it is you're wanting and making sure that whatever it is you're thinking is not an illusion. For example, sometimes we get focused on marriage and we want our marriage to be better. The, uh, the, often when I'm saying being grounded, thinking that it's all of your spouse's fault is not grounded in the way of thinking. Well, it's all them. If they were different, then it would all work out. See, that's not grounded. That, it, it feels like that emotionally, but that's not a grounded statement unless they're abusive. And then, or maybe thinking that you would be happier with someone else, that's typically an illusion. Again, not talking when it's abuse, like actual verbal or like extreme verbal or physical abuse, that's different. I'm talking about most couples, they go through this, this season where they want change, life altering change, and we can start thinking of things that aren't grounded. We start thinking of things that, ideas that are illusions. And this is just an example of marriage. It could be in a career. It could be a career path. If I just had a different job with a different boss, I'd be happy. How many of y'all gotten that different job with a different boss and you realize you're just as miserable? It, it's an illusion. So there's something else that's not being fulfilled. And finding this idea of what it is for you, sit, pray, and think really good about what it is you're wanting in life. Sit, pray, and think really good about what it is you're wanting in life, and then continue to sit, pray, and think about it for a couple of weeks so that you can decide its authenticity, if it's authentic or if it's just a phase of being bored in your life. You feel what I'm saying? There's times where we're just bored with our routine, and there's other times where it's this deep unfulfillment that we want to be fulfilled. And so, looking around, now I want us, uh, now that we understand this idea of self-realization, let's go into our next, our next spot where most of us get stuck, and that is how am I supposed to? How am I supposed to? And I think one of the most meaningful aspects of this talk today is really looking at your faith. So many times in our faith, we, get, we have that first point of what am I doing here? And we look around at our faith and we, start, we ask ourselves meaningful questions, deep questions. And so many times we feel like they're unanswerable and that our lives would feel more fulfilled if we abandon our faith and do something else. Illusion. It's illusion. It's not grounded. And right here, how am I supposed to? This is where you must understand that your weaknesses don't disqualify you from your dreams. Your weaknesses don't disqualify you from your dreams. When it comes to faith, your, even your ignorance doesn't disqualify you from what you have experienced in God. It, there's, there's so much that we get caught up on when it comes to the how. And we get caught up on our insecurities. We get caught up on what we don't know. We get caught up on our fears. Especially as, as we're getting older in life, we start getting caught up on the longevity of life. I remember when I was 22... I, I was joking around saying, I'm getting my midlife crisis out of the way now. <laughs> and I, I felt all these feelings of unfulfillment, of wanting to do more, wanting to do greater, wanting to do something meaningful. And I want us to understand that the, moments that, that the moment that these people were given the chance to seize their dreams, 
They wanted more. And the moment that they were given the opportunity to take more, they were paralyzed in the thought that they didn't have the capacity or the ability to achieve what they wanted. As soon as Joshua said, okay, go and take it. They said, well, we can't go and take it. They had a different idea and a different method of how their dreams would be met. In the same light, we often ask and want our dreams to be met, but we don't really consider the practical application of handling those dreams being met. A really simple example is lottery winners. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I ever won the lottery, I'd be like, hell yeah, right? <laughs> I don't play the lottery, but did you know that lottery winners, that within seven years of winning, most lottery winners, over 70%, end up broke again within seven years, broke and depressed. Talking about extreme depression, suicidal depression. After winning what they thought they always wanted. They think that their dreams are answered and then the question becomes, now what? Now what? All right, you got all the money that you wanted in the world, now what? And after buying everything they thought would make them happy, the unfulfillment in their life settles back in. I mean, think about that for a moment, thinking that all of your, your fulfillment would be found if you just had the money. And all of a sudden you get the money and after buying everything you possibly could, you realize that money is fleeting. That, it, that you literally can't buy happiness, you can only buy distractions. And imagine what, that, what that, that sobering thought feels like, settling in that it's all back on you. It's all back on you. And I believe that we must accept the fact that, that your dreams fulfilled is not an easy handout that somebody can give you. Your dreams fulfilled is not an easy handout that somebody can give you. This should lead us to a realization that we have to put in, that we have to put our own necks on the line to really win. It's this kind of like ownership mentality of our life, an ownership mentality of your own life. I mean, I think a lot of times within churches, we create this fantasy imagery that God is a genie that we just simply pray and ask for our lives to be fulfilled and he'll answer it in a miraculous way, in this genie bottle type of way. And even in our churches, we've, we've grown this idea of this false narrative, this false God, and we've taken ownership out of our own actions. It's really our necks on the line when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our fulfillment, when it comes to finding satisfaction, everything, it comes back to our ownership. And that's when our insecurities and our fears set in. The moment that you realize that it's on you, man, do our insecurities get big. That's when our fears of failure really settle in. I mean, how many times have we gotten these big thoughts in our head I'm unlovable. I'm always going to be alone. I'm never going to be really uh, able to do something significant. I could never own my own business. I can never do this. We get these big absolutes, not because of real trial and error, be because of certain experiences mixed with certain fears that have convinced us 
of these illusional lies that make us try to cop out before we can begin. These people were given the chance to take the land and they disqualified themselves. Think about that. And what I really believe is that we start to exaggerate our weaknesses in our head and we begin telling ourselves of all the reasons of why we can't because of blank. I can't because of blank. I can't because of blank. We can't because of blank. I really urge you today to get out of your head and no one knew how they were going to, to, uh, to succeed until they simply did. Get out of your head for a minute and understand that no one really knew that they are going to succeed until they simply succeeded. Most people are even surprised that they succeed because they didn't even really know what they were doing. Think about that for a moment. I'm, when, I, when I started this church, I, I, went, uh, I would call different, uh, different people that were older than me, pastors and men, uh, people that could be mentors. And I had a list of questions that I would choose from and I would just try to learn as much as I could from other people's experiences. And I'm telling you this underlying tone is very true is that no one really knows what they're doing. Only some people know that they don't know and some people think that they know, but they really don't know. And so if we could really grasp this concept, you should throw off these levels of insecurities, these fears that stop you, not only from, from feeling, finding fulfillment in your life, from, from meaningful relationships, from possible uh, future career opportunities, but even with your faith. I mean, how many times have we disqualified ourselves from our relationship with God because we start beating ourselves up so much and thinking that we're not good enough Christians. We disqualify ourselves time and time again. And at the end of the day, no one knows what they're doing. That's why I think uh, I, I'm really big on apologetics. I love learning about scripture. I believe that there is there's genuinely an answer for almost any question. I really believe that. And what I found even with that is that there's so often that preachers and teachers make these big claims about God, about heaven, about hell. There's no context for it at all. It's just a whim, just taking one scripture out of context and making this huge theology from it. And what I'm saying with that is even the people that seem like they know what they're talking about, we have the same book to look at and we can see that they don't really know what they're talking about. And, it should, it should project you forward knowing that you have everything within you to grow your faith, to grow closer to God, that there's not a special formula, there's not a secret, but if you want it, take it. You are not disqualified. You are truly not disqualified. You are not dumb. You are not weak. You can do this. And whatever you don't know, you will learn. Whatever you can't do, you will end up doing. Allow yourself to try and try again. Allow yourself to try and try again. Yesterday, my daughter, she got this new unicorn from Dollar General. <laughs> and it was just this little stuffed unicorn. And if y'all know my daughter, Jules, she's like a whole mood in herself. And when we got home, she realized that the arm was actually torn and the stuffing could come out. 
For a normal human being, it's not a big deal, right? Like, oh, bummer. To her, it was the end of the world. It was, it was complete breakdown, meltdown, like crying uncontrollably because the stuffing was coming out of the arm. We had this, I don't even know where this little sewing kit came from. It's like a little plastic little bag of a sewing kit. And I got that needle and thread. I sewed that mug back up. <laughs> and you know what? I tried. <laughs> and I tried again. And you know, that arm is on there right now. <laughs> to be honest with you, I know that looking at the job that I did, you probably wouldn't have known. I don't know how to sew. <laughs> I just tried. And you know what? I ended up doing it. And I got so ambitious. I got a pair of pants of mine that tore and I was like, let's get this straightened out too while we're at it. <laughs> that wore those yesterday. I was like, hell yeah, look at this. Look. Can't even see my butt anymore. It's sewed up. <laughs> it was great. And I simply tried, but see what most of us do is we get there like, oh, but I don't know how to sew. What are we going to do? I guess we're going to have to throw it away, sweetie. <laughs> see, it's, it's just about this idea of getting out of your head of how am I supposed to? Sometimes we, we really can take a step away from how and just figure it out as we go. Just start showing up to whatever thing you, you're trying to, to do and you'll figure it out. Let's go on to our last point, which is, even though I will, even though I will. And I want to end on this thought through some grit and tenacity, you will win through some grit and tenacity. You will win. Joshua gives this people the permission to go and take the extra land gives them the permission. And after they voice all of their fears and their insecurities of how am I supposed to? He responds with this affirmation that is, is simply, it's simple and curt. In the response to their insecurities and the obstacles in the way of them winning, he says, even though you can and you will. Even though they have iron chariots, you can and you will. And that statement alone, you can and you will. It is, I feel like that's such a profound, encouraging statement. You can do this. It, it, and I know I've shared this before, but it, I think it was the Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> and there's a scene where Trinity is being chased by agents and she picks up the phone and they can't, they can't like speed her out of this specific phone and they said you have to go all the way like three blocks this way through a, a mirage of agents and it's like seems this in, like this impossible feat and there's this moment it was like this is a really big problem and morpheus on the other line says trinity you can do this i got chills right now i i, I literally still think back to that scene it's like man that's the most encouraging thing <laughs> I've ever seen in any television history. Trinity, you can do this. And then she just like goes and of course it's a movie, but in real, in, in real life, I often feel like sometimes that's all we really need 
to hear sometimes. And often when we're going through a storm and we're crying out to God, isn't that all we really want from God? I don't know how many times I've heard people talking about their prayer life and saying, I'm just praying to God. I just want him to speak to me. I'm like, well, what do you want him to say? I just want him to tell me I can do this. I was like, all right, well, you can do this. I'm like, no, but I need God to tell me. <laughs> and, and see, we just, we just want this, this secure knowing that we can do it. And Joshua, when he's telling these people, you can and you will, it, it's this moment of this sobering thought of knowing that you have the capacity, but it takes that, the, the level of faith is really taking the step forward and seeing if you could really do it. Do not be misled. Winning in life takes hard work and distance. It takes hard work and distance. It can take years to really start seeing your dreams come into fruition. Years to really see it come into fruition. That means if you're waiting for years, working at it for years, going the distance for years, that means there's going to be months that you're discouraged. It doesn't mean the whole time you're going to be discouraged, but there's going to be a month, a couple months where you're discouraged. You need to expect that and know that, that when it comes, that doesn't mean to quit. That just means you need a second wind. And there's going to be months that you doubt your ability again. At the beginning, you doubted it, but you started walking forward. And then you're, you're a quarter of the way in and you start doubting yourself again. Like, maybe I really can't do this. This is so hard. Months that you worry, it is all for nothing. Months that you worry that it was all for nothing. This, this whole marriage was for nothing. This, everything that I was doing for my kids, for nothing. Everything that I was working so hard for in this career, for nothing. Even though you feel that way, you can get up and press on. Even though they have iron chariots, you can overtake them. Even though you've been experiencing this, you have faced that, you can get up and press on. Your fears aren't real. I want us to grasp this concept for a second. It's not real. Everything that you fear is not real. It's not. Fear is a belief of what you cannot see. Just like faith, right? Believing what you cannot see. Those fears are not real. But you know what is real? Your sweat, your blood, your tears, that's real. The work that you put in, that's tangible. That's real. So get your hands dirty and press on. Because you are making real changes, not imaginary ones. Real changes in your faith, not imaginary ones. Let go of these fear fantasies in your head and get your hands dirty. Grab hold of what's real. Real winning isn't receiving that handout. It's not, receive, it's, it's not having a genie bottle prayer answered. It is giving your very best and then some, and then doing it long enough until the right opportunity comes along. You know, so often, it's not about being in the right place at the right time. It's that you've been at the right place and now the right time has finally come. And obstacles are still gonna come in your way, 
but you must see them as even though moments. Even though they're iron chariots, I will. Even though this is in front of me, I will. It's not going to stop me from winning because at the end of the day, especially with God on your side, you can and you will. You can and you will. We tried for five years, or sorry, we tried for three years to get pregnant. We had two miscarriages. Man, there's some discouraging times, a lot of obstacles in the way. And when we finally got pregnant, it was like really happening. My fears were no longer, are we ever gonna get pregnant and have a baby? It became, it was like, how the heck am I gonna be a dad? <laughs> a whole new fear developed. And I, I had anxiety attacks. I was making, I made some irrational decisions out of fear because I didn't know what I was gonna do. I didn't know how I was gonna do it. And this, this fear that we let grip us, it's, it, it psychs us out. You know how many, how many dads run out on their kids because they're afraid of being a dad? They're afraid that they're not man enough, that they're not dad enough. And at the end of the day, when my baby got here, it just all settled in. It all worked out. It made sense. We got pregnant the second time. I was like, now I'm definitely not going to be able to be a good dad. Third kid, three under three. It's over. <laughs> it's all over. And see, with everything that we feared, it worked out. The things that we ended up fearing the most ended up not even being real. Never end up, never even end up happening. You can and you will. I think that the biggest thing to remind yourself of is just that. About God being on your side. This God is for you and not against you. God sees you as your potential and not as mistakes that you've made. There is not only, there's not any other person in this world that sees you as gold more than your creator. Think about that for a moment. Think about one person in this world that sees the best in you, even when you don't see the best in yourself. And to, to really try to grasp that God sees more potential, more goodness in you than that person. There's not anybody in the entire universe that sees you better than God sees you. The biggest trouble we have is trying to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And if you, if you haven't already, I encourage you to put your trust in him today, to trust in his son, Jesus, because he made the one way for us to have life and life abundantly, and it's through his salvation. Jesus literally promised to give us life and life abundantly. And when he said life abundantly, he was, talk, he was not talking about prosperity gospel. He's not talking about having your genie prayer answered. He's talking about this, this unexplainable life within inside of us the minute we're filled with his Holy Spirit, the minute that we have this salvation moment in our hearts. And maybe a relationship with him is actually what your soul has been desiring all along. There's so many people so many people that they realize that what they were missing the entire time was God in their life. They felt success in almost every area, but still felt empty. And it wasn't until they turned to Christ that they realized what they were missing all along. And maybe that's you, or maybe 
It is what your soul needs. Just that relationship with Jesus is what your soul needs in order to, to get started on change in your life. You're in this moment of self-realization and you have this, you, this knowing that things need to change. For me, I was in a really, really dark place and I know I need to change and I turn to Jesus. Maybe that's where you're at. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you, have that conversation with him today. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. If you're here in this room and that, that's it for you, and you're realizing that you need to have this, this relationship moment with Jesus. Maybe you're raised in church and this is your moment of, of trying him out again. <coughs> Maybe you've never had that, that relationship with him in the first place. Whatever it is for you, if you want to make that, that decision of changing your life today and start walking with Jesus from this point forward, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. See your hands. So if that is you, I want you to start talking to God right where you're at. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can simply talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Be as transparent as you can. Tell him where you're at in your life. And tell him what you want from this point forward. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is. He's the son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead for the world's sins to be the savior of the world. It says, if you just talk to him and acknowledge this, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is, if you have an authentic conversation with him yourself, that's all it takes to start this relationship with him. And that relationship is a journey for the rest of our lives. So if that's you, have that moment. Have that conversation. Now for everybody else, if you're here today and you're realizing that you're at this point of self-realization, maybe you're at the very first step of realizing that you want to win, or maybe you're at the point where you don't know how you're supposed to, and all of the fears and all of the doubts are flooding you, and you feel like you're paralyzed with fear, paralyzed with insecurity, paralyzed of simply not knowing what to do from here. And you wanna allow yourself to trust God and to move forward. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. See all of your hands. So I'm gonna pray for you. God, Holy Spirit, I pray for your affirming presence to be over each person in this room, that you bring comfort, that you bring encouragement, that you bring guidance. I pray, Lord, that you would cause each person that raised their hand today to be sensitive to your voice, to be sensitive to your prophetic leading, your prophetic voice, and that they would, that they would have closure, guidance, direction, encouragement from this point forward in what you want them to do, where you would have them to go. And that you would give them the courage to know even though they can and they will. I pray that you move through each person's life in Jesus' name, amen. That being said, in the same attitude of, uh, of reverence, we're gonna go into a time of worship. Before we do, we're gonna sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part today. We love you.
Have a good rest of your life. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.